I guess we should get the uh, optic updates out the way. I know a lot of you guys have been wondering what's been going on there. Uh, it's not good news if you're an optic fan. Obviously, it's it's become a fucking saga that has really started to um, like just escalate out of control. So um, everyone's got a podcast now. Podcast, and I'll I'll tell you why that is actually. Everyone's got a podcast. Podcasts are one of the ways you can make money from media pretty easily uh, because they have long that you know long viewing times, right? So you get high you know minutes view, which means more exposure to ads and product placement. Uh, they're very low fi to to create, um, and so they so they don't eat into your like once you built a podcasting studio and you have a podcasting setup, like boom, you you know you're there, right? And all you really need is guests, right? Which is a little bit of budget. And very often you can even tie it in with like marketing companies. So if a guest has something to sell and you can say, hey, our podcast is reaching X amount of people. So why don't you come and plug your book or plug your fucking, you know, your, your grilling machine or, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Come onto the podcast. It'll reach multiple people and we'll talk about some shit and I get some content. So, you know, sometimes it's not even a paid appearance. You just put, here's a hotel. Here's a, here's a flight come and do your thing you know so it's very cheap content and it's very monetizable this is why podcasts have just pr proliferated i mean it's it's crazy um and uh, you say low-key i'm trying to get more sponsors now i just know how this works because um you know it's it is the thing that i that i do um and know about so but that, that that is if you've ever wondered why everyone has a podcast that's why so nate shot has his own podcast now um called uh, self-made i believe it is um so let me let me uh get the clip from that come on i know you're there i definitely put a like on you there it is so um I'll just use the tweet. That was better. So you might remember last stream, what I did was I watched uh, Hector's podcast where he finally got to talk openly about everything that went on. Uh, that's Hector, who obviously founded and owned uh, Optic up until he sold it to Infinite, a uh, brand that wanted to come in and basically sort of take over all of these, like, you know, esports stuff. And, and basically they ran it all into the ground you know optic india complete farce all the overwatch league contenders teams they were trying to take over complete farce um just failure after failure after failure and a very expensive failure listen uh, uh, kai it, it, it people will say you have no idea why he sold it is money you've got to understand i'll 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 repeat it um it, it's not selling out when you have literally lived hand-to-mouth for as long as Hector did. If you know anything about Hector, I'm sure he's talked about this publicly. I don't think I'm giving anything away. But he grew up, like, really poor. You know, like, like me. But, well, you know, That's right. poorer than me. You know? He, he's told some stories about literally the kind of poverty he lived in. Not mine to, to repeat. I don't know what's out there, so I won't. But, like, we're talking poor. Right, and then he created this thing, and he's worked unbelievably hard on this thing. And the reality is, no matter like no matter how successful a business is, 
you build it and you build it and you build it, but you but you, you all the money you make that goes into the business, it doesn't go into your pocket. You draw a salary, even as the owner, even as the founder. So you can assign yourself a large salary, but you don't just get to dip into the corporate account anytime you want. You want a holiday? That's coming out your salary. It ain't coming out the 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 business. It can't. It's illegal. <laughs> so even if even if you are the guy who runs it, right? And so a lot of the money that Optic was making because it did have some unbelievably successful sponsorship deals, promotional deals back when Hector was in charge, that money goes into a corporate account and then that money is getting like re is getting used to basically further the reach Optic has to get new teams to to get new uh buildings, to get new right? Hector's always put that money back into the business. He never took vast amounts out of Optic. He was living comfortably, don't get me wrong. You know, he's you know, he had a decent salary. But when a big VC group comes in and says, "We want to buy the majority of your ownership so we can have complete control over the business. Name your price." And you name it, and they go, "Yes." And we're talking millions, like overnight. So whatever you've already got, say roughly you add 10 mil to that. That's why you sell. Because as much as you love Optic, you think to yourself, you think, I'm still going to be involved. I'm still going to be involved. I'm still going to be on the board. These people are my friends. They're not going to let Optic get fucked over. It'll be all right. And I'll have, t you know, and again, I'm pulling this number out my ass, but you know, if it was 10 mil, I'll have 10 mil. If the earth is flat, why do all of these codogs keep going downhill, thinking? Just for the donation, but pounder, good to see you. So that's how, so that's how uh, Hector had to think about it. It's life-changing money. He'll never, his kids, his family, everyone he loves... He can do right by them for the rest of his life, for the rest of their lives, with the money he made. You, it right for the love of a brand, for the love of a team. The strength it would take to say no to that is it, it does. I don't think it exists. This isn't about being tempted. Now, if they'd said we'll give you the life changing money, and we'll completely fuck over your organ and, and put it in uh, the, the ground and ruin it. I think Hector loves it that much, he would have said no. But the point is, you think these people are competent. They're, they run businesses. It's a big VC group. It's got, you know, you, you, you assume, you think it's going to be okay. And it doesn't matter if it's bad, because you're there, and your friends are there. And when the board members are there. We can course correct, we can fix it. But it didn't, it didn't pan out like that, as you saw in the podcast that we watched. Basically, people he thought were his friends, wanted bigger cuts, wanted bigger says, wanted to stay comfortable, not upset the status quo. And when it came to do right by Optic fans and do right by the Optic brand, they hung Hector out to dry. Um, you know, insane decisions that were being made by, by the board and... It needed a unified front to challenge them, and there wasn't a unified front. Question I've wondered since. When you had Optic J mm. on the podcast, did you know he was spitting some absolute BS by throwing Cheney under the bus as much as possible, or did you not know the extent of Jay's errors at the time? Listen, it's a tough one. Um, 
trying to think how to frame this. Uh, so when I when I did the Jay interview, right, we'll we'll go big head for this. When I when I did the when I did the Jay interview, right? Um, I I knew that he'd been complicit in some of the shit, sure. And I had to ask the question. I had to ask the questions as hard as I could. I thought I asked real questions. I mean, I, I don't think it was a softball interview by any stretch, but maybe people disagree. And if people disagree, that's fine. I don't think it was I don't I don't think it was a fucking softball interview. But equally I knew if I wanted to get as much information for the optic fans as possible, which is ostensibly what you do the interviews for to get to as much of the truth as you can and there's nothing you can do as a journalist by the way um like okay if jay said uh so i asked jay a question you know well um uh, my my understanding is uh you know so okay I, I ask him so you've been helping hector in the boardroom and agreeing with hector right and he goes yeah that's absolutely right richard uh, me and hector have a good relationship still and whatever hector wants to do i'm completely there and i always vote with hector because i love optic and hector basically made me and made optic um so it, it, no question about it and then i have a document like minutes from a meeting a recording something like that that completely contradicts that statement obviously i pull that out i pull it out i drop it and go you're full of fucking shit what are you lying for and we sit there and it's awkward and then the interview probably gets cut short. But I would do that because I'm that kind of guy, obviously. The problem you have as a journalist is if everybody fucking lies and you've got no evidence to catch them in a lie, all you can do is just ask more questions. Maybe they trip over themselves. Maybe they contradict themselves. Maybe they, maybe the lie gets bigger and bigger. Maybe maybe they change their mind partway through. Like, how deep into the lie do I want to go? All you can do is ask the questions. So, what I was what I was doing was trying to get to the the bottom of what was going on internally with Optic and how much Jay was involved in that. Having my own suspicions, having my own beliefs, uh, but ultimately, it's my my suspicions and beliefs cannot dominate the interview. It would be really unprofessional. Do I sit there and go, "I think you're lying, mate"? I mean, it's not an interview at that point. It's like an interrogation. It's something else. It's not best journalistic practice. So I had to, I had to basically ask as as many of the right questions as i could and put faith in the answers now again i'll i'll own it if people if people watch that interview now and think i took it easy on jay or it was a softball interview or i didn't ask the right questions at the time it was very well received as an interview and people thought i was asking hard-hitting questions i think there's a little bit of uh, you know uh when when you look back with the benefit of hindsight and you can see where he's lying um that might color the interview a little bit a little bit differently but i but i don't think i fucked up um but i but then again i'm human right so i wouldn't i wouldn't blame myself so i, I don't know i mean i guess that's for the community to determine i i think if you look at the interview uh, i think it was i think it was solid 
Um, I don't think it was softball. I think there was a lot of tough questions in there. And I think I tried to get as much information uh, pertinent to Optic fans' interests as, as I could. So, you know. Um, but did I know he was bullshitting? I mean, I think everyone's a fucking liar. I mean, that's a default position, right? You know what I mean? Like, when you're in this line of work, yeah, everybody lies. So... Anyway, so what what it what what became apparent was just how sort of uh, terrible Infinite were running things, and they decided to get the fuck out. Right? I mean, they wanted to get out of uh, Optic in particular because that was the jewel in the crown. Um, and they announced it. You know, it was it was. Uh, it was, it was pretty much out there, um, very early on, like, as soon as they wanted to get out at the start of the year, it was public, Jacob Wolf reported it over on ESPN, he said, here it is, the Texas Esports to offer majority staking up to Houston Outlaws for 150 mil, um, I doubt very much they've got that, and certainly that doesn't sound right at all, because they, they, they were in big debt, <laughs> Big time debt. Um, uh, you know, they they as as I'll show you in a second. They were hemorrhaging a lot of cash. So I think at that point, that valuation's very optimistic. But you know, I don't think people knew just how bad it was at that uh, opportunity. Now, because Immortals wanted to get into LCS via some sort of backdoor thing, that was the company that um you know wanted to jump in and uh you know kind of take the spot take the brand you know that's their they want to own multiple uh brands and multiple teams and multiple products and they're they're there's that conglomerate the immortals club you know that's all funded by that uh, you know, with the Bitcraft money that's in there and a bunch of other stuff, you need to, everyone needs to keep an eye on those motherfuckers because they're, they're going to be into some shit very soon. They got way too many overlapping interests to stay clean uh, for a long period of time. There is some shit going on there. And the fact that they already backstabbed Noah Winston out of it means that I, I give even less of a fuck than I already did about digging into all of their shit. So, um, these guys basically became the fucking favorites, uh, the favorites to take over and buy the brand. Now, there was a lot of conflicting reports at the time about how much that it was going to be and, and who was going to get it and, and, and Hector was trying to bid for it. And at the time, I think I did the stream. I think it was inaccurate, actually, that Hector had had tabled the highest bid. Initially, people had said, like, there was some report floating around saying, Hector has bid more than Immortals. I don't think that was possible at that time. I think he had to go out and secure more money. But it, Hector has done everything he can to try and get this back. Journalism. I don't know why they don't want to sell to him. It's been... It's been communicated that maybe some old bitter uh, rivalries have flared up because Hector was always telling these motherfuckers, like, you're ruining the brand, you can't do this, you can't do that, you got to listen to me, you know, this is how the ship needs to get steered. I don't know what it was. But, um, you know, and I can't confirm if that's true or not, and I don't even think Hector himself has said that. But for whatever reason, they don't want to sell to Hector. And Hector finally said on this Nade Shot podcast, I'll just show you a quick clip of it, that, yeah, he actually did bid more than the Immortals guys. That's right. 
which is insane. Good luck going forward, Rich. No worries. Thank you, Abu. I appreciate it, buddy. So here it is. I'll just... Um... Where, where is Optic going? What is Optic going to be? This is... As of this moment, um, and it's public, obviously, that Immortals is making a, a bid for it. Um, it wasn't as good as the bid that I submitted to, to get Optic back, but for some whatever reason... Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. You submitted your own bid to yep. buy optic back yep. yourself yep yeah. explain me explain that explain thing. me explain me so it was simple explain you know that. Six, six months ago i approached the the ownership group six seven months ago i approached the ownership group uh and i said let me get optic back i wasn't asking for a discount i was i was trying to make them some money so they you know whatever we, we gave it a good run it's not working I, I i try to warn them at the beginning of the year that you know what was happening at that point in time was not it just wasn't sustainable so um what does that mean when you when you when when you say wasn't sustainable right let's get into that fucking atrocity but you can see there you can go watch the whole thing um i like nade shot uh so again just full disclosure obviously i'm tight with hector that's not a fucking secret so take everything i say with a pinch of salt because um the last thing i want to do is come across like keemstar you know working on behalf of phase um you know putting out all of the uh you know putting out all of that propaganda but i will be biased naturally towards hector i think infinite were were incompetent and i and i think they were malicious in a lot of areas um so so anyway what does that mean not sustainable well what's interesting is it got to a point where according to a report i saw doing the rounds uh they were supposedly losing a million dollars a month or something it was like it was it was crazy i got the report uh liked somewhere around here for all the content recently cutie thank you no worries thanks for the sub so um there's a there's a, a journalist uh that you can find on uh twitter the handle is at P-A-N, so Pan, Dax, D-A-A-X-92. So Pandax92, that's also their Twitch TV handle. Um, You're not even a real journalism. And uh, her name is Amanda Zalauskas. And Amanda Zalauskas has had uh, a level of access uh, into this that, um, you know, might even exceed my own... Uh, you know the sources and the the sourcing seems to be solid um so you can go over to her medium where she's publishing and again i can't believe a publication hasn't paid money to go get her work um because people definitely want to read this um but i'm i'm gonna vouch for her and, and say so far no one has contradicted any of her reporting whatsoever and she says here uh, infinite esports and entertainment was losing over a million dollars a month uh, the final days of infinite esports adopter gaming seem to be approaching and one source was able to shed some light on different decisions made by the the, the company uh, which might have led to its downfall uh and it um right so here we go I, I, in fact you know what it's not that long uh, and I'll, I'll get into i'll get into some of this stuff uh and we can just sort of go through and pick apart the information uh that what there have been people that have contradicted this report have they how many of them work for infinite
Because if it's infinite, um, then then <laughs> uh, probably is uh, right. Let me let me just look up who this guy is that that people are telling me. Uh, You're not even a real journalism. That's right. So who is who is by Adam? Reporter for ESI. All right, okay. Adam, oh, yeah, I know Adam Fitch. You're not even a real journalism. That's right. Keep doing that journo thing. Hmm. So he doesn't directly say it's bullshit, right? He just says, don't believe everything you read. You're not even a real journalism. That's right. Picked up RimWorld off your recommendation. Good really game. Fun game. It Time. certainly is. Thank you. All right, well, listen, I'll say this. I like Adam Fitch too. I'd vouch for Adam Fitch. Not even a real journalism. Definitely. Uh, got more experience than this uh, Amanda. Um, but, you know, listen, like we found with, you know, Jacob Wolf and Sir Scoots having that argument over, uh, you know, Call of Duty franchises. Sometimes you just got to wait and see how that fucking rides out, right? So, um, some parts are wrong. Well, listen. Um, uh, are, are you free to jump on Discord, Adam? While we go over this? Yo, can you hear me all right, Doug? I can. Yes, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Is this like the first time we've ever talked? Like, voice to voice? Um, yeah, we um, spoke um, on Twitter a little bit, maybe about a week ago, something like that. But like, yeah. speaking, yeah, first time. All right, awesome, dude. Well, listen, uh, fan of your work, uh, definitely vouch for your legitimacy as a journalist to the stream and everything. So I'm Thank super, you. I'm super intrigued because, um, you know, I, I like uh, there were large parts of this um, report that definitely were in line with things I thought I knew. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so uh, what I'll do is like I'll, I'll just sort of read little points out and then you can sort of tell me you know whether this is accurate whether you disagree how it aligns with your own reporting and, and that sort of thing is okay that, is that there's, all right? there's, yeah i think um there's some bits i don't want to get into to potentially protect a, a couple of people if sure, that makes I get sense. yeah absolutely um, yeah well just yeah, say so, just if you can't comment just say no comment dude okay but a, a little bit of background quickly um yeah. so the first report about the banknote and such mm. i came out and um bullshitted a lot of that and, and well, I said, I said, I don't, um, I've heard conflicting things and, and me and Amanda spoke and basically said it becomes a source versus source 
kind of yeah. war and it's, yeah. it's kind of uh, pretty pointless so i didn't want to come out and say anything publicly here but i, I said on the optic discord i believe that um not everything's correct but i don't i didn't want to kind of go out publicly again and kind of disparage anything she's done really because sure. I, I wasn't comfortable writing anything up with my own at this time mm. so that's the, the background on that anyway yeah no and i understand that buddy like um it's always a tough one because um i mean here's the thing uh as crazy as it might seem that you have to state this to the general public Some, <laughs> sometimes sources lie um yes you know everyone thinks they're all playing their own fucking super intricate game of thrones right so yeah. sometimes someone will be like oh hey i'll give you the real story and what they mean is they'll use you to plant stuff in the public domain that behooves them for the public to believe um yeah so it's very so when when it comes down to a source on source war, like one journalist has one source and they're saying one thing, uh, and then a, a journalist has another source that's contradicting their source, you get into this mm -hmm. thing where it, it's basically about. I mean, one of the skills of journalism is sourcing, right? It's knowing who who is good, who you know, especially when you're dealing with like one source and who has ac access and who has information and who can be mm -hmm. trusted and, and everything else. Yeah. So. So well, I, I just find it I find it interesting how both of the reports like are titled just source. So like mm. for me, I've always gone at least two. I tried to do three yeah. or four sources, but Amanda's got so much faith in this one person that she's willing to just cite their, their yeah. things, which um, makes me question things there. Uh, especially when well, me and her spoke. I'm not going to expose anything, but um, kind of hinted towards the position her source was in, mm. and then I spoke to three people. I'm uh, I'm in contact with and and they all cast a doubt on it so it's it's a tricky one i i, I will say but uh, obviously no one's exposing who they're talking to so yeah yeah which yeah so, so yeah it's a, it's a, like a fucking game of poker in in that sense um no. I, I mean i mean listen dude I, I i think um you know i i agree with you on just on just as a general point on on sourcing you know it's always been like i i've had absolute doubt like you know gangbuster stories right like that that with just one source that i just i'm like i can't do it with one source i don't know this source uh yeah. it makes sense that they what they're telling me should be true but unless mm -hmm. i can get number two verify it uh i'm not gonna run the story but then there have been some stories uh where the source is somebody that i have like a long relationship with and every time they've been right so i i i will always try and get that secondary source but if i don't if it's an exceptional source and i absolutely yeah. unequivocally trust them i a one source story does happen right i mean i don't think there's anything um i don't think there's anything wrong with that um but I, but 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 i have but i have no idea you know whether amanda has that kind of relationship whether whether this person's using her uh because obviously you know you have to look at the cynical component to it which is obviously for a, for an unknown and upcoming journalist if, if you nail a re reporting on a story this big you know boom like i mean you know this is this is how you get bylines at other publications so. of course and that's yeah. the situation i'm in now like uh, re re besides a small pub g thing like the whole infinite situation is where i'm i'm really stepping out and doing my own um, investigations and, and getting in touch with people and putting out reports um, um, that are really unique to myself. So yeah. I'm in the same boat, in a sense. So it's, it's, a, it's uh, interesting. I'll put it that way. Yeah, well, listen, I, I think um, I, I got to commend you for uh, the, ma the mature and classy way you at least um, you know, dissed fellow journalists 
report, right? <laughs> no, listen, I'm being serious. Uh, a lot of like it back in back in the day when I was coming up, brother, it would have been an out and out shit shit fest. Like, yeah. I, I mean, some of the stuff I said to Thorin like fucking ten years ago, whatever the fuck it was, um, is outrageous. <laughs> it, it, people have seen the DMs, like it's pretty bad. Um, oh, sorry, people have seen the tweets. You know, Twitter was the Wild West back in yeah. 2010. You know, but um, yeah. like. He, he, he did like a, a tweet that like was like just denigrated an article I wrote. It was like uh, he said, uh, Richard Lewis's latest article can be summed up as Counter-Strike journalist finds Google types in StarCraft, <laughs> right? With something like that. So I just right. went to fucking DEFCON fucking one. Understandable. Uh, yeah, and just said like, uh, you know, I leaked some personal, very personal. Like it, it was it was absolutely unacceptable, the stuff I said. Um, but, you know, we got over it. We got past it. So, I, you know... I, I, it is it is very commendable that you didn't like link to the article, you know, call her out by name or anything like that. Um, you know, I, I totally yeah, respect I actually that. just messaged her privately to discuss it more, more yeah. than anything because at the end of the day, again, it's source versus source. Nothing's like officially confirmed yeah. yet to, to come out and say, oh, you're chatting shit. You've completely lied here. And mm. then uh, if what well, if I'm being lied to, I really don't think I am or else I wouldn't mm. come out and say these things. But yeah, true. Um, yeah. So, so let, let's break down some of, some of these points then. Um, right. I can ignore the first paragraph because that's just background from the other story. Um, yeah. So a high-level source uh, communicating through an audio-based channel with direct involvement to the situation reached out to share their side after my report on Infinite Esports owing a multi-million banknote by May 31st. This source mm -hmm. wishes to remain anonymous due to professional and personal repercussions. Uh, this source is not the same person person mentioned in my May 31st article. I gotta say, uh, that's actually all very good journalistic practice, what she's done there by explaining why the source is believable, uh, making it clear it is just one source, why the source has come forward, and why the source must remain anonymous. Like, even I, you know, sometimes fail on that right and you are supposed to do that every time you use an anonymous source you meant to explain what why their why their information is valid and why anonymity has to be used in this instance so that's all very professional in that regard but you you were talking about you thought the uh, stuff about that 20 million dollar promise promissory note was bullshit is that correct yeah um hmm. yeah so while while they have spent a lot of money like a shit ton of money i'm not denying that like um from what i was told like straight after the report came out like um sources got in touch with me <laughs> to basically just say it's, it's like it's a, ri a ridiculous statement and it's just absolutely all false and they even went as far as to say that um they think um amanda was being fed misinformation on purpose mm. yeah. um so when i'm getting that from people i trust like i, ha I have to kind of i want it to go against it because uh, the thing is everyone's left in the dark even like infinite employees never mind just the fans like people who actually work oh, and yeah, have a yeah. living so I, I i wanted to come out against that in a sense so yeah i've i've heard um that the bank note thing isn't true but i'm not saying that um infinite's in a good position financially well yeah that, i mean i don't think anyone could push it that <laughs> far right like uh that that would be fucking jack and Nori. um okay so the first bit here is cheney at the wheel uh, and it says, before Optic Gaming was officially purchased by Texas Esports, Chris Cheney began pitching the idea of investing in esports to different venture capital firms in and around the state of Texas. That's all true. Uh, according to my source, Cheney approached several VC firms about investing in a different esports organization, Evil Geniuses, in 2016. That's true. Uh, those firms told Cheney no and would only be interested in big esports brands. Nine months later, Cheney approached the same firms with Optic Gaming. Once they gave him approval, Cheney then began talks with Lee 
Abrams Group. According to ESPN, Jacob Wolf, Cheney's Cheney Sports Group advised on the Liebman deal. To the best of my knowledge, all of that additional mm-hmm. stuff is accurate. So no problems yeah. with that, right? I, I wouldn't say so. No, um, mm. like some of this stuff before my time, and I haven't done a massive deep dive on a deep dive. Sorry, on Cheney. I'm, I'm more up to date with what's been going on more recently. But I mean, I wouldn't dispute any of that stuff. Yeah, I've got no reason to. Uh, uh, as soon as Optic Gaming was acquired by Liebman, several different entities were created in order to hold equity in the deal and creation of Texas Esports. The purpose of a holding company is to control... Yeah, 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 yeah. We all know what holding uh-huh. companies do. Here is a list of the splits for each company. Texas Esports LLC and various venture capital groups under that umbrella had a 77.5% split. Aurelius Esports LLC had a 22.5% uh, split. Um, no, I don't know about the specific numbers. Um, I will say the same. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Uh, on it moves. Uh, as of writing, Infinite Esports and Entertainment currently owns and controls the following companies slash brands. Optic Gaming, Houston Outlaws, Triggerfish, Obey Alliance, Team Allegiance, GGEA, and Infinite Performance Institute. And yeah, these these were another one of these big brands that actually got to fucking skate on the whole conflict interest thing because, you know, they had, like, multiple teams that were in the same games in some instances. Um, and, and again, it just... It's become almost like blasé, right? Like, that, that orgs are doing this. Um, yeah, it's just like, I'll just put them under a different company or a different name and just go for it. Yeah, but I will say I believe um, Obey, Allegiance, and Optic have no overlap in terms of the games they were competing in. I mm. think when when they're all under this uh, under Infinite, I will say oh, okay. I believe that's the case. All right, yeah. So they were careful with that at least. <laughs> um, now this is where it will probably start to get interesting, and I'm guessing this is where the conflict start to uh, creep in. Uh, hemorrhaging yep. cash. According to my source, when Optic Gaming staff, players, and content creators began to arrive at the new Infinite Esports offices in Texas at the end of October 2017, there were around 70 people sitting in cubicles. Uh, This is also confirmed by Hector, owner of Optic Gaming, in an episode of the Eavesdrop podcast. Um... I walked in during the beginning phase of the infinite offices and I was blown away, they continued. I saw about 30 people sitting at their desks, either on social media or browsing the internet because they had nothing to do. Now, sounds about right. Um, yes. For a tech startup, you know, uh, just been at a startup myself. Uh, the hiring policy of most startups, for those who don't know, is you basically chuck shit at a wall and see what sticks. You have lots of people. You have a very short space of time to get things up and running. You don't know mm-hmm. people's competencies, even if you've interviewed them. You don't know what people's work ethics like, what personalities are going to get along. So you have a tendency to overhire and then whittle down. You know, you fire people for incompetence. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and you you distill down to people that that um, you know that that will work correctly. So again, all seems pretty straightforward. Later in our conversation. They described a situation where a large group of Optic and Infinite staff were sent to a competitive tournament event. According to them, this was not an unusual occurrence. I don't understand why 15 staff members need to go to an event. Paying for travel, lodging, and expenses for 12 extra people is one quick way to drain cash. Um, and I'm guessing you have no particular... Um, I, d- I don't know. I, I, hmm. I wish there was an explanation as to which staff were going. Um, yeah, sure. But... I mean, it's it's hard to say anything against that without specifics. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll I'll definitely say this. I know firsthand 
um, you know, from stuff I heard and talking to other people in the infinite machinery, like there was this sort of um, initial novelty factor, right? Where people wanted to just like go to events on the corporate account and, you know, let's all go and fucking hang out at esports events. Aren't esports events cool? And what happens is at the start, People do that because they want to get out there. They want to, you know, network. They want to show us, you know, successful we are, and we'll all go down there and we'll all wear branded gear and blah blah blah. And then eventually the novelty wears off, and people go to those events less and less, you know. Um, and that can happen in even the highest level, you know. Think about how Hasbro stopped going to CS events once his fucking team sucked ass, you know. It just mm -hmm. people just uh, get bored eventually. Uh, all of Infinite's expenses, which include infrastructure costs, staff salaries, athlete salaries, travel, and more, lead the company facing a major problem with recovering that cash. It is alleged that Infinite Esports began to lose over a million dollars each month. Does that chime with your knowledge? Um, so I've, um, to be completely honest, I've heard that that number isn't. Um, mm -hmm. well, the thing is, over a million, what is that? That's just anything. But like, <laughs> True, true, actually. <yeah. laughs> you know Good I mean? point. Over a, a dollar a month, he's like, yeah, probably. Um, yeah. I've, I've heard things against that, but I can't say specifics. Um, mm. But I, I've, I don't know. It, so I, I've, I heard, and I don't know how, I haven't completely confirmed this, but I, the number of 120 million uh, being spent... <laughs> Uh, in a year was what I heard. That doesn't mean they'd lost 120 million. Yeah, that was, like, I mean, what, that was their uh, spend, if, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, that just kind of shows how liberal they were with the cash. So, I mean, I wouldn't even, um, I wouldn't imagine that it, uh, it was they were making a lot of money, so therefore they would lose a lot of money. So I can see how that's the case, but I've heard things that are differing a little bit. So I mean, it, it, it sounds Still then... they were losing money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, and and you're right. Actually, when you say over a million each month, I mean, you know, it it could be. It sounds like from what you're saying, it could even be higher. So it's um, it's a very safe ballpark number that mm -hmm. that also gives you the salacious element to the headline. I mean, that's the bit everyone like beams in on, right? Like, what you were losing a million a month, and then, actually, it was worse than that. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay, uh, Liebman Infinite Esports, Aurelius Esports, and various other investors began to question why money was draining so quickly. In June 2018, there was a meeting set up by Cheney and Ryan Optic J. Musselman to discuss restructuring Infinite's model. This meeting was organized without Hector's knowledge, and while he was away on a business trip, according to Hector, he and Musselman have not spoken since 2018. Okay, so um, I, I was explicitly told not to go into huge detail on this at the time sure. so um but the whole meeting thing there is is incorrect from what i've been told and by the person i, I trust the source i trust the most out of all this kind of stuff um okay uh the the date <laughs> the date's not right even though that's not the most important thing here um the people that it was well, I, I say i say it is it, it definitely undercuts reporting accuracy if a date's wrong um yeah so so yeah so, I, I, well that, that's so a problem I've heard that the date's not accurate. The people who set up the meeting's not accurate. Um, the subject of the meeting is accurate. And there were some repercussions. If certain people didn't turn up, that wouldn't have been good for them. So they were kind of yeah. uh, forced to go. Right. Um, so uh, that's as specific as I can be without being specific to not upset anyone. No worries. Um, so I, I definitely have a problem with that. Um, right. Mainly that, that paragraph for sure. Um, 
Okay. Uh, I mean, w the one thing I can say is as well, I mean, it was always my understanding from just having like an, an intimate knowledge of what was going on behind the scenes. It, it definitely, I like the part about Hector not talking to Jay definitely feels, 100%. yeah, that feels real yeah, well, to me. Whenever Jay would comment on um, Reddit acting like the hero because something yeah. had gone right for once, like Hector would like come out publicly and say something on Twitter and nobody would ever put the, put two and two together. But like, there's a reason like old men of optic weren't playing together anymore which is kind of a staple beforehand yeah. i thought it was rather obvious if you knew what you were looking for that there was a there was a rift there mm. so i'm not denying that part yeah and, and and you know what what i'd heard was that basically it was it was that um you know ryan had sort of decided that it, it it would behoove him more in the long term to kind of play nicely with with the more corporate element of infinite right of and, yeah and and he wasn't willing to fight the battles that hector was gonna fight because it was becoming increasingly apparent uh that they wanted little involvement with hector's ideas they didn't want to listen to hector so the way it was framed by kind of like if, if you're pro optic j was that he was faced with a choice of being ostracized the same way hector was and having little input into optic but if you look at it from the the other side it was that you know he'd promised tech day he was gonna always make sure that they would be a unified voice and as soon as it looked like he might get marginalized or sidelined by the board that changed and he actually became one of the corporate voices in the room yeah well, i think he said in um, your interview with him that he just kind of sat by and let some things happen and he should yeah i mean at the end of the interview so. yeah at the end of the interview he did admit that he he could have been a better friend hector he'd made a few mistakes you know he could have stood up and fought a bit more um which to me is he's like he's probably being nice to himself on that as well sure yeah as a, as a, as a mayor culpa it's very um you know it's very you know easy to kind of put that forward oh i could have done more journalism you know what I mean? Like, really? it, yeah, no yeah, way. exactly. Yeah, I could have done more. You know, imagine it, right? So, yeah, it, it is an apology. It's an apology. It's pretty uh, tame, but yeah, I mean, I, I just heard that, um, you know, there was an irreparable break in the the relationship, both from a friendship perspective and from a business perspective. So, I absolutely do believe that Hector wasn't um, hasn't talked to Jay since twenty eighteen. Yep, I would not deny yeah. that at all. No, I think he's come out and said that now, anyway. Mm. Uh, on October 10th, 2018, it was reported that Cheney and 19 other employees were laid off from Infinite. That's true. I remember that. It was um, more than that, I think. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, yeah, nine, think, 19, was, 19 feels a very modest good. number. Because mm. I, I had a list on Twitter compiling all of the Infinite employees just to keep a, an eye on everything because it was growing at such a mad rate. And um, mm. I was making a list of people who had um, quote-unquote left or been laid off around that time and it went into the 30s mm. um so that number as well but yeah. that's what they said themselves so yeah uh, uh muscle man that's uh, optic j uh assumed the j. position of president at infinite esports where he still remains several companies yep. under infinite like ggea have since shut down due to infinite's restructuring so yeah uh, optic j did get the um you know presidency if you want to uh, frame it that it way. did but it was always supposed to be temporary yes um and um, it's going to be very temporary because the, com <laughs> yeah, the company's not going to fucking exist <laughs> yeah um but no but it, so i mean the thing i i think that is important and, and, I, and I think 
that I'd really like to find out one way or the other is like when he was given the presidency position because it was temporary. I'm going to guess just knowing what I know about corporate structure. I'm going to guess he didn't get a big pay rise or a pay bump or there was like no financial incentives. Like the only additional thing this would have brought to him is just job security. Honestly, I don't think like he made money off taking that position, but I have no idea if that's true or not. But I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he was the reason they were losing a million a month because it was all going to him, and he was doing that all. No, <laughs> I don't know. No, well, yeah, um, well, no. I mean, let, let, let's let's talk about before we move on to the next bit, defending the green wall and talking about the um, acquisitions and stuff. Let's talk a little bit about like what's your understanding just in general because you've done some reporting on this going back to uh, May eighteenth, right? You did. Um, what was the article you wrote? I did two. So one was called. Um, mm. The uh, immortals were close, and the other one was that the sale um, was imminent because at the time a decision was going to be made um, on a meeting which was supposed to be on a Monday, and then things kind of uh, went on from there. Okay. Uh, things kind of changed a bit. So, so what was it you would. Yeah, well, just what's your general about? understanding about, um, you know, management and, and how, who's been making what decisions? you know like um who's been really driving the business in the absence of hector's voice being in the room as, as okay, you understand I, it yeah well i think i don't think it's um it all boils down to one person which is what i've been saying for a long long time like i don't think i think there were perhaps too many um cooks in the kitchen as such and and that's kind of where some of um the misguiding that happened mm. um just occurred because I, I, I genuinely think there were too many voices and, and so many of them weren't even endemic to the scene didn't even know how to operate within this industry which is very different from any other especially say sports yeah. um so um so of course like chris cheney was an important part of leading infinite in its in its early days um but i i do believe a lot of other people had inputs as well but ultimately someone has to have the final say so that that's that's fair enough there but um there were a lot of uh, wheels in motion in terms of partnerships and such before the whole restructuring happened with so like triggerfish were involved and and as we both know like partnerships don't just happen overnight you don't just email somebody and go oh should we partner up and you give us this money and we'll give you these deliverables mm -hmm. like it takes time and jay came in and then things like the mountain dew sponsorship and nissan more recently have come out and he's he was on reddit kind of claiming those victories as such and saying yeah we're, we're steering the ship in the right direction now right. but those things were already kind of happening so mm. for, for, for me i don't I, it's, a, it's a strange one I, th I think um jay would gave the impression that he was doing everything once he became um in control as president which i don't think is the case and i, I do think it's a case of too many people being in control i don't know what you've heard on that yeah it, it's a tough one honestly because um you know when i like i still maintain this and it's a difficult position for me to be in honestly because you know I, and i've said this on multiple streams whenever we've talked about optic for me um there's no way i can never let chris cheney off the hook no 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 and i'm not trying to do that yeah like, no, I, no no i, I, I know reason, I, sure i'm not saying you are but yeah the reason it got to the position it was in where it needed to restructure and i mean yeah. he was the president so i mean a lot of responsibility has to go into him like, but I, I I agree with that. But but I, but I feel okay. So when it gets to the stage of like an optic J, where you deliberately um, decide to turn your back on a friend and a business partner yeah. of you know many many years, 
um, to basically kind of feather your nest, uh, whereas Chris Cheney was just common or garden incompetence, too much money, not enough knowledge, made a lot of That's incorrect like decisions. And yeah, and, yeah. I, and, and, and I think probably what he's learned is like, oh, I still want to be involved in esports. I'm good at getting money. I'm going to yes. go with Hector and, and help him raise the money and run shit. And I think that's why Hector's like, okay, you get it now. You understand why you needed me as the captain. So yeah. let's not fuck up the second time. But um, Hector obviously won't throw his boy under the bus publicly, but I'll absolutely do it on his behalf and say that, you know, Chris Cheney was as much a part of the problem as, you know, anybody else at the, at the company. Yeah. It's just the betrayal is a lot more fucking visceral um in everyone's minds because of op you know optic j's relationship with the org and with hector but you yeah. know chris cheney fucked up as much as uh, anybody as far as i can tell yeah and i think he's kind of had like a public redemption arc with like the whole uh, thing of a uh, revelation of hector working with yeah him to try and get oh and it absolutely like, yeah oh, his intentions have always been good i mean i've i myself have been very careful on online um, but i have said perhaps the person claiming all the cre credit shouldn't get it and perhaps one person isn't at fault or stuff but like obviously um there are a lot of things he, he seemingly I don't, I don't know exactly how things operate in there but like mm. um or how things operated when it started but i mean um you have to imagine he did a lot wrong and that's the reason yeah. it got to the position it's in so like there's, there's no denying that i, I think overall yeah, it's just it, been a it, shit show in particular as well with valuations i would say um you know buying teams i mean like again i, I think optic india was like Chris Cheney's <laughs> brainchild, for example, uh, the whole optic global global thing. They got the Brazilian yeah. female Brazilian yep, CS:GO yep. team, female Brazilian CS:GO Asian team. stream team, mm -hmm. which did nothing. They were streaming mm -hmm. on Facebook. Uh, what else did they have? They had the uh, Mexican Gears of War team. Yeah, yeah, that's which true. Never did anything near yep. what the main team did, and then yep. obviously the uh, Word.exe mastermind. Yeah, yes, yes, obviously uh, forsaken. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> So there was quite a lot there, and that all happened very quickly. And at the time, I was kind of thinking, oh, this could be a good idea. They do want to be a global leader. Mm. Um, I didn't know who I, whose idea it was. I was more coming as just a spectator at that point. But then it quickly became apparent that it went against everything Optic stood for, which was like a family feel. And then it's not going to be cheap either to do such a thing. Yeah. Um, so here we go. Defending the Green Wall. As the final announcement of Immortal's purchase of Infinite Esports majority stake remains imminent, Hector oh. is reportedly attempting to claim what he can of the Optic Gaming brand. According yeah. to two independent sources with direct knowledge of the situation, Hector agreed to own the following percentages of these companies following the 2017 sale. To own 10% of Optic Gaming LLC, to own a percentage less than 10% of Infinite Esports and Entertainment, and to own a percentage less less than 10% of Aurelius Esports LLC. Uh, does, right. So, any um, input I, on I, that? Again, I was, um, wasn't given direct numbers, hmm. um, which is, is, is what it is, but um, I believe those may not be entirely accurate too. Okay. Um, from, from what I've, um, I've been told by multiple people, but because I haven't been given numbers myself, I don't know how much stock I put in it. Mm-hmm. So it's it's hard to say on that one though. I I, I don't know. That's why I, I wouldn't come out and say anything publicly. It's just like don't believe everything. I don't I don't believe everything is true. And I mean mm. it's always a pinch of salt thing until something's announced officially anyway. But yeah, I I, I 
I mean, all 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 I knew from from talking to Hector directly and mm -hmm. just asking around was that you know it, it was told to me. You know, I always framed it as saying that it was a controlling share, and basically that means fifty one percent or upwards. Um, but it was it was clear that he'd you know sold um, a sizable amount to give them the. Uh, freedom, if you like, to make the corporate decisions that they needed to make, but still retained enough that he would be a very influential voice on the board. Now, it, it, in, yep. in big companies, temp if you own 10% of a company's shares, trust me, you're, you're getting a say. Um, mm -hmm. So 10% might sound small, but um, it's definitely sizable from a corporate perspective. Exactly. and uh, So I, as I say, I won't give an exact numbers, but I don't think they're right. <laughs> and uh, if uh, as, and that kind of goes with what you just said, mm. if that, if that's the case for optic at least. As but of writing, guess... oh sorry, no no finish. No no off. go for it. Okay. No no. It's... As as of writing, Optic Gaming LLC owns trademarks over the following uh, brands: um, Optic Gaming, the OG logo, Optic Gaming uh, in capitals uh, without the capital T, and the term Green Wall, which blows my idea of him getting Green Wall Gaming, evidently. <laughs> that would be awful for yeah. me. Oh, that doesn't sound good. But no, um, <laughs> I haven't heard anything about these, but I wouldn't be surprised if they did own that. Yeah. Um, when Immortals Gaming assumes the majority ownership of Infinite Esports, they will then have the majority ownership over the Optic Gaming brands, along with all of its attached trademarks. An announcement on the deal is expected later this month. So, I mean, you know, Basically, the, the, the big stumbling blocks, is, as you see it, are the um, issues surrounding the meeting without Hector's knowledge yeah. uh, and the overall amount of money that it was allegedly losing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's, it's small little bits and big bits, to be mm -hmm. fair. But nonetheless, if I don't agree with something wholeheartedly, I'm not going to share it and, and actively support it or write a report based on it. Mm -hmm. um, That's fine. So I didn't, I didn't do that. Um, yeah. And I mean, as scumbag as it, as it was, I did retweet my don't believe everything you read thing. And it's up to people to apply that to whatever they want to apply it to. But, I mean, they wouldn't necessarily be wrong if they applied it to that report. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll say that. Yeah, no worries. I, I totally get it. Um, so uh, is there anything additional to to like just the general stuff that's going on? Because I'm going to uh, I'm going to keep talking about um, the the aftermath of the podcast and like kind of where it's all headed and, and and that sort of thing but just in regards to this report um it you know looks pretty much like you know infinite and and, and that entire group's going to pull out of esports altogether optics going to be transferred over to the infinite uh, sorry immortals gaming club yeah. um and it looks like it's cost a lot of people a lot of money i also did read actually that hector was trying to get the teams that yeah. optic couldn't hold on to so the the initial the initial thing i heard was that so obviously uh immortals owns the valiant in overwatch league so they mm. they seemingly can't hold um two teams at once so they were going to set up a separate entity a holding entity for outlaws and then more recently i heard that if you if hector was unsuccessful with this with um this bid mm. that he would attempt to get outlaws which in theory would help him with his bid in the cod franchise league Right, um, right. I see. That's that's what I was told there, and also um, they've got MIBR, so as conflict mm -hmm. of interest there, if they end up to gaming's Danish roster, so yep. I believe they would be Gonzo. Um, I don't know how profitable Gears of War is, so why would you keep them? Um, Call of Duty, they would. I'm pretty sure the roster would 
want to follow Hector wherever he went. So I can't mm. see a world in which uh, Optic stays alive after this if it does go to Immortals. Though I do think they will get the LCS spot. Mm. But I know that's what that's what they want. And then they'll do a, a Dignitas and, and rebrand, which was yeah. announced today. Yeah, it was actually. Mind-blowing yeah, but... to me. Oh, we want long-term partners. And then like a year later... <laughs> we're, yeah. we're buying and selling like nothing it's, well i mean you know that that's ultimately what all these franchise slots are about right it's like it, it just becomes money yeah it just becomes a commodity and if you can do a quick asset flip and make like millions of profit like in in, in a short space of time as a year most of these people who are coming into Looking esports now who aren't part of the fabric of the environment they're uh they'll just do that um yeah. but i mean it's interesting actually because i did hear i did hear t like, again this is why I haven't written anything about it, but I heard conflicting versions. Uh, Source of Blizzard actually told me they didn't give a fuck about the joint ownership thing. They just wanted two functional teams in the league. That's it's all hands on pumps over there right now. Wow. So okay. I and, haven't heard that. <laughs> but but I mean uh, you know like I think even if that is the internal thinking about it, very quickly the public up, yeah the public aren't going to stand for that. I don't think even in fucking Overwatch. Uh, the public um, don't really seem to care too much about conflict of interest and stuff. They don't care about no, the importance. No, that's stuff. true. But you, you'd like to think uh, the Overwatch League fans are, um, are maniacal and a bit um, the, the fanatical to the point where they probably would say something about that, especially their precious outlaws. Yeah. Who, um, yeah. People love those. Love those guys. So even though they can't win. Uh, yeah. So. so I think I think um I think you know the the reports that I've heard about Hector like you know trying to pick up the teams yeah. pro, pro, you know again sounds sounds pretty accurate to me and probably it sounds in line with his character. I yeah. I don't know know the guy personally but I've spoken to him once but I mean like I he seems like he he likes to look after the people who's in his circle. Mm. So uh, it's, it's a fair assumption to believe he'd do that and it also lines up with what I've been told. So I believe that's the case. So now, now the question is, what what's he gonna do in terms of like create like what what's his org gonna be called? I think even that's a good thing. That. Well, I think um so before Optic there was Plague X, which is an awful name with capital letters and a three in there. So I would um, honestly hope he never goes for that. Yeah, and let's, then let's not have Plague X. Villains in my head, but I don't know how that's relevant to him. But I feel like it may be in some sense, whether it's something uh, like a clothing. Yeah, someone someone just typed that actually. But so. I don't know. I think that would kind of make him. I don't know. It would definitely um, work well with storylines and such. Them being the villains of the scene and all this kind of stuff. But even though really it's immortals who'd be seen as the villains, so I kind of don't know if yeah. you'd go for that. Yeah. Um, I say it's, it's hard to say. But yeah, they're the two names that jump out at me um, because I think they both got ties to him. And you're not even. A yeah, real it makes the most sense. But it probably go for something That's brand right. new. Probably 99 Thieves or something. What's up? yeah well yeah i mean yeah <laughs> why not right um but yeah like i say it, it's been it's been a fucking shit show i mean like i don't think people realize just how badly run infinite was right from the start uh again i i want to write some other stories up like I, again i don't know how familiar you are with what was going on behind the scenes at the, with the overwatch contenders where they were basically like trying to strong arm players and and basically blizzard oh, yeah. blizzard gave them their blessing to control like just sign up as many contenders teams as you <laughs> like want five teams at once yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, under the, you know, the whole like oh the well, academy team and we'll, they'll move on yeah infinite uh, wanted to own every contenders team that was their business plan 
So I mean, uh, I don't even know. Well, as well. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely did. <laughs> um, so, look, man, I appreciate you coming on just to clarify that because, like, every time you know, there's like a chance to talk with a reporter about the work they're doing. Like, I like to take mm -hmm. it just so I can sort of get their perspective and and everything else. Um, so, yeah, is it anything anything just to add before you pop off or? No, I will. I would like to say thank you for inviting me on. No, yeah. Um, what you tell people your Twitter handle? It is it at by so Adam it's, Fitch. It's at by Adam Fitch, which is my name, uh, my username everywhere. Um, yeah, unfortunately, I can't take my name. So it's by Adam Fitch everywhere. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of being a bit quiet recently until I've got something really to say uh, on this whole matter. But um, yeah, I just want to thank you for for getting me on it. I mean, it was like half one in the morning. I just got into bed. Oh, I sorry, dude. See what I was, no, 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 it's cool. I was like, I'll see what's happening on Twitch. So you were streaming. I'm like, okay, let's have a look. And then I heard, I saw my name. I was like, oh, God, here we go. <laughs> um, but no, I really appreciate it. And it was fun. No, nah, man. Thank well, you very much. Yeah, no worries. You keep doing good work, buddy. And uh, no doubt we'll, our paths will cross once again. So I appreciate you for coming on the stream, dude. No problem. Thank you very much. Cheers. All right. Catch you later, buddy. So there you go, uh, Adam Adam Fitch uh, talking about the reporting. Uh, I think you know overall, it sounds like you know there's some uh, d details wrong there. It even sounds like they maybe they were losing more uh, than a million uh, dollars uh, a month, which is so mind blowing to me that Infinite were were fucked up to this degree. Like I, you have to think about how hard it is to be hemorrhaging that amount of money like in a in an in an industry where it's very clear where your expenses are and where your revenue streams are